Several years ago, one cold winter morning, I dropped the children I was caring for off at their school. As the littlest ran across the playground, just recently turned five years old, he tripped and fell, scraping his hands. He cried, and I began to move across the playground to scoop him up when the teacher supervising the playground stopped me. Oh, don't worry, he's fine. Sam is always so dramatic. And she gestured for me to leave. It didn't sit right with me to leave Sam crying on the playground, so I just ignored the other adults and scooped him up, looked after his hands, he stopped crying pretty quickly, a quick hug, and he was off again to play with the other kids. This is Life As If It Mattered, and today we are talking about the biology of love. Love is the grounding of our existence as humans and is the basic emotioning in our systemic identity as human beings. That quote was Humberto Maturana in his work on the biology of love. Maturana is a Chilean biologist, often considered a second-order cybernetics theorist. Maturana suggests that human beings are love-dependent animals and that when we are deprived of love, we become unwell. Because we are animals that have the capacity for language, we have the capacity to reflect and invent, so we've created religious systems, political, philosophical, economic systems that we use to justify specific ways of living and emotioning. Maturana suggests that we have become alienated from our natural condition as loving animals, and we live in these theories and systems that support us in rationally defending the negation of love, rationally defending the negation of our very nature. Love in this context is not a religious belief or a moral value. Maturana is talking specifically about our biology. We are animals with an evolutionary trend centered around conserving the biology of love and the expansion of intelligence. Love is essentially the fundament of human existence. So if love is our natural condition, then we can assume that it is aggression that is cultivated through the maintenance of our social webs, our social cultures. When we deny the nature of our being, deny love and cultivate aggression under the name of progress or profit, we cultivate a society that is divided and separated, um, full of violence and greed. Maturana defines love as the domain of relational behaviors through which another arises as a legitimate other in coexistence with oneself, exactly as they are in that moment. Love is truly receiving the other person as inherently legitimate and acting accordingly. In love, emotions are free to flow, our identities free to change, because we are continually seen as inherently legitimate in the eyes of the other. If you think back to the playground and the young boy who scraped his hands, his distress, his feelings of pain were real and legitimate, regardless of any perceived propensity for dramatics. Meeting him in love would not have been dismissive, but rather open and willing to accept him as he was in that moment, 
with completely valid feelings. You see, a child at every moment in its life is a total, whole, and complete being with its own requirements for growth and development. Meeting a child in love is to meet them as they are, not as troublesome, dramatic, or something that is not yet an adult and needs to be cultivated and molded. The way that a child lives, the experiences he or she has, what he or she is exposed to, determine what kind of an adult she will become. Even as adults work to heal and break free of patterns that haven't served them, at some point, we all reenact patterns that we grew up in. So if you've ever wondered why we live in a society that feels increasingly divided and separated, aggressive and violent, perhaps it's because we are negating our biological need to live in love. What if this detachment occurs because of the way we interact with the smallest of humans? Consider this. A growing human's earliest experiences are critical because one million brain connections are made per second in infancy. When you pick up a crying infant, they experience stress and co-regulation at the same time. A loving response to a crying child encourages healthy brain development and conserves the biology of love. So a growing human's earliest experiences are so important. Maturana said that the world a child generates as she grows is an expansion of the psychic space that the child lives in. The kind of human community a child is born into and lives in is important if we want to work towards a more beautiful world, if we want to conserve a human identity that is full of love and connection, we have to live in love with our young children. We have to raise our children in love. Because humans exist in the space that we create as we live through our childhood, we are perpetuating the self, the identity that we become. Mon Maturana actually wrote, whenever we see a relational behavior through which another arises as a legitimate other in the domain of coexistence in which it takes place, we speak of love. As such, love is a manner of relating, a relational domain that occurs spontaneously, practically in all living systems, particularly in mammals and human beings. Love is the fundamental relational domain in which human beings exist and constitutes the relational conditions for our evolutionary origin. Love is a feature of human coexistence. It opens up the possibility of reflection and is based on a form of perception that allows the other to appear legitimate. In this way, a space arises in which cooperation seems possible and our loneliness is transcended. The other is given a presence to which we relate with respect. So, to just simplify all that, if we accept we are loving animals, love-dependent animals, then we have to accept that when we are deprived of love, it harms us. 
children need to grow in loving communities, in loving relationships. They need to grow in a relation of total trust and acceptance in free play, first in their relationship with their mother, and then in their relationships with other caregivers, because love is our natural condition, our biological fundament. So what does this mean exactly for the manner in which we live? Well, think about starting a family. When we start a family, we each bring with us patterns of our own families, and together, new parents make new sets of patterns for children to decipher and learn. So as parents, we can begin to become aware of patterns that lead us out of love and work to move back into patterns of love that help conserve a human identity that is loving. Because remember, infants are learning to make sense of these patterns even before they can speak. They are aware of our social engagement system and it is teaching them how to be and become in the world that they are born in. Anthropologist Ashley Montague published work on the importance of touch in the 1950s. His work, along with other contemporaries and even more recent research, tells us that the skin is kind of like an external brain. It's the largest organ in the body. It is derived from the same embryological layer as the internal brain. And the messages that we receive through the skin go to our brain and those reactions pass to every organ in the body. As Montague put it, these are not theories, these are observable facts. We don't understand that the touch of a hand can make all the difference to another human being, sometimes literally a difference of life or death. Humans are love-dependent animals. We thrive on connection, touch, affection, attachment. If you think of an infant and how it calms down when it's upset as soon as its mother or father picks it up, that moment of touch, that recognition of being with someone safe and loving soothes the infant's nervous system. We need those moments of connection, particularly in our formative experiences at the earliest part of our life. There was a study by Renee Spitz um, that showed children who received a low rate of touch and affection had a higher rate of mortality and morbidity. And this work by Spitz was later confirmed by Harry Harlow at the University of Wisconsin. Harlow looked at infant monkeys isolated from their mothers and then observed their siblings who had not been isolated. The infant monkeys deprived of maternal contact struggled their, through their life to establish social relationships. They were fearful, they lived in a chronic state of anxiety, and as parents, they didn't know how to behave towards their own young. James Prescott is a developmental psychologist whose research focused on the origins of violence, particularly in relation to a lack of mother-child bonding. Prescott's work details how 
our emotional sensory systems are how an infant knows if it is being loved or rejected. Prescott went deeper than Harlow and Spitz by exploring how our senses, vision, smell, hearing, touch, taste, are at play in loving relationships, particularly in maternal-infant bonding. In normal development, emotional sensory systems combine in complex patterns of stimulation where trust, affection, and intimacy are integrated with each other, forming healthy patterns of behavior and brain development. Prescott suggested that interrupting this maternal-infant bond can translate into disassociative behaviors later in life, like depression, alienation, aggression, addiction. Affectional bonding experiences later in life can compensate for interruption in infancy, but those those really early experiences of love and attachment have a pretty big impact on patterns of behavior throughout the life of an adult. If we accept that love is the fundament of human nature and we accept that any interference in those earliest experiences of infant attachment can have a negative impact on early development in love, then we must also accept that some of our current culturally acceptable practices of childbirthing and child raising are inherently harmful. If we go back to Maturana, Maturana asked, are we genetically aggressive animals that love occasionally or are we loving animals that cultivate aggression? Maturana and his contemporaries maintain that we are biologically loving animals in a cultural alienation that cultivates aggression and may even change our biology in the future. We have become alienated not only from our basic condition of loving animals, we have lost our awareness of the interconnectedness of the universe we inhabit. We have forgotten what it is to be that tiny child, scraped hands, waiting for that loving hug to soothe the body and regulate the mind. We treat mothers as if they were unimportant, and infants as if they are inconvenient objects to be molded. Many of our practices at birth and postpartum leave mothers unsupported, and mothers who aren't healthy are not able to nurture and love their infants as their infants need. Because we have a, a long period of dependency uh, as infants. So, if we want to create a world of love, a world where aggression and violence are rare, we have to remember that life matters. We need to perhaps reevaluate some of our early childhood practices and look at how we can support mothers and infants in that bonding at the earliest part of life. We need to awaken to the interconnectedness of everything. 
we will need to place value again on those earliest of human experiences and remember our true state of love. We shouldn't forget that the universe moves with us. Intangible light, existential trauma notwithstanding, the stars wheel with us through this drifting space. We shouldn't forget time is infinitesimal. A tiny line drifting across an expanding horizon, a small piece of an even smaller pinprick of light, fierce life. We shouldn't forget love is short and the warmth of a smile, a fleeting delight, and the distractions of humanness makes the forgetting much longer. We shouldn't forget the nights between our separate hearts are part of this expansive universe. Like dust on the wind, it all comes back to us one day. We shouldn't forget the rhythm, the light that emerges in the day-to-day. We shouldn't forget that we are born loving without knowing how or why or from where. We love simply from first breath, from the first anxious struggle into life, into the last moments and the last breaths. We shouldn't forget the light dance kisses make across the distance between us towards no sure arrival because forgetting is lonely. This was Life As If It Mattered. Join me next time to explore the heart-brain connection and what that means for mother-infant bonding. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, please share and join me on Patreon. You'll get early access to each episode and I'll share the research and references that I explore in each episode as well as a few other bits of information in this niche. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.